Is this thing on? Hey, this week we have loads to talk about. We're talking about 3D printing. We have Kickstarters. We have the works. And if you subscribe, smash the like button and share this with some of your buddies out there, you'll be in with a chance of winning the Promethean Complex set from War Cradle Studios. Yep, it's that time. Our weekend starts now. Happy 2022! <gasps> Who would have thought we'd have made it this far, huh? Our first is, this the first, is this the first one of this year? First one of the yeah. year. We're all back. Happy 2022! And we've got Warren's back. Somebody's managed to fetch him internet. Uh, they've installed an internet pump directly to his house, where his say, children on hamster wheels. If you like the idea of it being 2022 right now, mm. don't forget that Tuesday is coming up in February, which is on Tuesday. It will be the second. Sorry, it'll be the twenty second of the of February. So the second month in twenty twenty two. It's like all the two. It's like all the twos. I imagine there's something amazing is going to happen at two o'clock. Then oh yeah, <laughs> something will break at two twenty two. The world will explode. So. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently not. Okay. Um, uh, so Andrea, uh, Andrea has this thing on her Facebook that I don't seem to have, right? And it's the bad news in the morning feed. Okay, oh, right, so right. every morning without fail, she'll sit and tell me about awful, awful news. Is she okay? subscribed like, to the BBC? Oh God! And I keep saying to her, "Oh God, please don't! I, I, I hate this! I hate this!" She said, "Well, you know, it's interesting. I, interesting to you because you've got that kind of like murdery goth thing going on." <laughs> anyway, she was telling me about um, a psychic lady. Right. She's probably dead, and that's how she ended up in the news feed. Okay, but anyway, a psychic lady, and the lady's predictions have been coming true. Apparently, she predicted uh, pandemics and stuff like that there, which is great because remember the World Health Organization wasn't able to do that, but Bill Gates did apparently. Anyway, I digress. Let me get back. She says this is the psychic lady. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet aliens this year. <gasps> I am so ready for that. Because <laughs> I, I tell you what, guys, I am so, so over normal life now. I'm ready for the aliens. I like I, I've been through enough now. I am ready for the aliens. Bring them on, and whatever happens, happens. But I'm ready for it. I'm 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 <laughs> all charged up and ready for the aliens. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely up for that. Just could do with something to mix up this year, couldn't we? I feel like I've been oh, inside yeah. for too long. Just... Life has been so quiet now for many years, so it's like... <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of things happening on the 22nd of the month and also uh, something new and unusual, myself and Warren are going to be uh, throwing out Rourke's Drift uh, for a live stream. Oh, oh yeah. What? On the anniversary of Rourke's Drift, who would have seen oh. that coming? Certainly oh, the odds. I. 
Well, it all depends whether or not I can find where I've put everything. We're going to come to your screens like a sphere from the hands of an unmarried Zulu. So it'll be slightly less accurate than a married Zulu. That's mm -hmm. the ones. Yeah. So if uh, well, you may be aware that I made a game some time ago uh, using the men who would be kings, uh, and it plays out on an eight foot by six foot table because that apparently is the only size good enough to play Rock's Drift in 28 mil. Yes. Uh, you know, if you're going to do something, do it to extreme. That's what I learned from Too Much Coffee Man. <laughs> uh, so if you fancy seeing how badly we can butcher history, um, why not stop by uh, next and Saturday? all the quotes as well. Did you, uh, yeah. Oh, did you? no, it, it will just be nothing but bad impersonations <laughs> and Zulu quotes. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> I will be sure to swat up on the official history um uh of it like i'm I'm already somewhat of an expert in in the rourke's drift um uh, siege um i'll I'll swat up a little bit just to just to make sure that all of our viewers get the complete historical accuracy they have come to know and love it's it's why people keep tuning back in yeah. yes mate yeah. yes yeah, yeah. Hmm. we we may or may not have a uh a bit of cannon fodder with us we may have shea. Our, oh, that'll be good. Our child oh, nice. uh, to yeah. pick up and carry the heavy things and move. Them I haven't got a chance to stomp over Shay on the tabletop yet, so this this Aww. will be good. That will be good, <laughs> uh, and the game will last as as long as it takes us to get through it. So who yeah. knows how long that will be? Uh, for anybody that is going to tune in, like if Shay joins us, this is going to be interesting because Shay is a mean player. Like Shay, uh, Shay and Justin are like our alpha strikers. Like they are, wow. they are into the meta. E. Mm. I'm into the horns of the ball. So, <laughs> I, 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 playing the Zulus then? Oh God, yes. Oh, okay, interesting. Oh yes, absolutely. Anytime I do Rourke's Drift, I have to play as the Zulus because you know I I believe in a past life I may have been a Zulu. Makes sense. Could well I may have been Michael Caine as well, but I'm pretty sure I was a Zulu. <laughs> so, and I know all of their tactics, Jerry. I know yes. all of their tactics: the balls of the horn, the flappy charge, all of that kind of stuff. You know, all I've got historically a, accurate. Yes, there, yeah, I can't wait to see all of that. Well, I will be bringing my gourd. It's magnificent, and I will, I, I will make sure and display it on the day. Good, good. I'll, I'll see if I can polish my pet helmet and bring it with me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I will slap you over the helmet with my gourd. So this is, this is going to be this is going to be amazing. I, I, mean, I imagine so. Just, not even going to get to walk straight are we? Just, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be all. Um, Rorks will be the backdrop to our gourding and helmeting. <laughs> um, so. That aside, uh, if you fancy joining us, we'll be live on, I'm going to say Twitch, probably the YouTubes as well, um, Yeah, Saturday the 22nd nice. at, we haven't actually decided on the time really, have we? What works for you? Um, but sometime before bedtime, so <laughs> sometime early in the afternoon. There'll be a post about <laughs> it next week on the site. With yes, all we, the we will keep you posted, so, yes. <laughs> and it takes place on Saturday, Jerry. So we yes, could yeah. tell them in the weekend or next week. <gasps> oh, yeah. 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 We can do that. That gives us time to work it out and gives me time to find where I've put everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, <laughs> if I may add, 
if I may add, while we're giving people a heads up, um, uh, the Warzone radio show returns on the 27th of this month. So the Warzone radio show for the next little while is going to be the last Thursday of the month in our Discord where we get good tunes, good chats, and lots of crack. So, boom. Sweet to the beat. Shall we get stuck in with the show then? Yes. Ooh. And we kick off, as always, with the most important thing. Can I do it? Week. Go Can for I do it? Yeah. It's time. I've been waiting for this. It's time for... It's very different from the ASMR version, but... I'm, I'm excited about India of the week. I love yeah. in, indies, you man. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, people ask, and I'm, I'm going to clear this up. You know, what makes an indie? But, well, it's just whatever we decide. Simple <laughs> that. that's, that's good. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we got this week? Well, this week I thought I would tickle uh, all of your your little nodules of, of goodness with the rebel minis Ooh, um, rebel minis cool. Rebel minis are mostly 15 mil mm-hmm. which obviously is a skill that you adore uh, but they also do a host of genres within there so you've got pulp uh-huh. you've got fantasy you've got sci-fi gothic um you know anything you want to do really you can you can do it with rebel um currently not sending things to the uk because uh, the uk has changed their vat rules after mm. the EU but once they get that fixed they'll be back good to go on that so this is one to bookmark if you happen to be in the UK That's if you're in the rest of the world America Australia or Europe then uh, you're probably good to go already um, but they do a host of stuff they do, they do a host of miniatures they also do a host of rule sets for all the miniatures so if you have a yeah. game and you're looking for miniatures great if you if you look at the miniatures and go this would be spectacular I wish there was a game for it there is. Uh, we'll, have so the, many we'll have a look at the rule sets at the end, but the, the yeah. rule sets are many and varied. Yeah. Um, but I thought I'd start off with with the bigger stuff. They do have a few 28 mil ranges. Um, for people who are fans of Doogie Hauser MD, for example. Yes, from from um, 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 uh, Battle Battle Star, Starship Trooper Galactica. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a range of the Earth Force uh-huh. Uh, so there's an Earth Force Marshal and some nice. Earth Force Infantry. Uh, oh, may, man. We may or may oh. not be trying to uh, protect, Cla- what was it, Clandathu, I want to say, was the, the planet. Clandathu, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it was, that was but remember, they went back to pee. <laughs> yes, that is true. Poem. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Uh, this is an interesting little sci-fi range. If you've read the book Starship Troopers, um, which I know a lot of people haven't. Yeah. Uh, but they, I think there was also a, a cartoon. Um, there are bits and pieces in here that are from outside of the movie. Rather than the movie. Uh, so, for example, I think these were called, I want to say they were called gorillas. They may have been called apes, but uh, the Kodiak class battle suits. Those are very now, cool. I mean, fighters. if you're looking for a set of powered armor for your mm. Marines when you're having to deal damage against some sort of giant space bug uh you can probably not do a lot better than that especially mm. those knee pads i mean 
Yeah. Anybody who gets kneed by that isn't walking away anytime soon. And were they in the book, Jerry? They're, they're I must, I must sit book. down and read the book, actually. Uh, apparently the book's very good, and it's not not like the movie at all. No, no, the, the movie was very much... A parody, R- apparently. Robocop. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was a, a parody of, of what they were after, whereas uh, the book yeah. was more a damning condemnation of what was coming. Uh, but yeah, they are uh, interesting figures, to say there the least. Uh, the, do they do the bugs? They they do a bug. They do a range of space insects, one of which mm-hmm. is bug-like um, in quality. Let's go back to here. So, <gasps> kill spider some, bug. Kill some of these off, actually. Okay. I think I saw. I think I saw my bug of choice there. Space scorpion. Space mantis. Oh, oh yes. I'll, I'll, I'll open all of those and then I'll go to the bottom where the screecher lives because I know that's the one you're really after. Mm. Oh, there it is. Oh. Remember, aim for the brainstem. Yes. If you take out a limb, they're still 80% combat effective. Thank oh, you, Doogie Hauser MD. That's awesome. That is awesome. But even Have you ever watched Starship Troopers 2, Jerry? No, I, I think don't. it goes up to like there was five. Two. Don't. There's, there's loads of them. They just there's an animated going. film and everything. Yeah. Sorry. I remember the animated TV series mm. coming in, um, and it was different. Yeah. Although closer to the books. So you did have things like the um, the, the powered suits in it. You see, what I like, right? Mm-hmm. What, I, I, what I like about my sci-fi is I, I, I like my sci-fi to be um to have a sense of realism I know, get that. To it, you know um, I, uh, I, i'll be honest you know 40k has has kind of jumped outside of that for me now a little bit so i find myself uh, uh, probably a bit more drawn to um aliens where you have <laughs> vulnerable you know the vulnerable space marines yeah, um, uh, taking on a deadly, mindless threat. Yes. You know, it's um, and I suppose that's maybe just a simple guy in me. You know, I, I like the I like the black and white of the good versus evil kind of thing. It's easy to identify with, um, and you know, you you just get you just get that sense of adventure, that sense of um, uh, heroics, hmm. and you know, maybe maybe I am just demonstrating how shallow I am as a human being <laughs> in many respects with that, but it it, it is. It, uh, there, there is something very appealing to me. I like to feel that my protagonists are vulnerable, truly yes. vulnerable, truly I, vulnerable. I agree with you. Whenever it comes to uh, sci-fi, anything sci-fi in particular, I like biological threats as opposed mm-hmm. to pew pew pew. Um, I mean, yep. there's nothing wrong with pew pew pew. Everybody loves a bit of pew pew pew. But I like the likes of aliens. I like the likes of something believable in which we can, rather than someone who looks quite human. But yeah. little alien features with a gun. I prefer something quite threatening, out of reach, but biological that we can mm. scientifically. And to to give to back this up a little bit, actually, I have something interesting. I've watched the first part of the Eternals, okay, right. and it's doing absolutely nothing for me because they basically are invulnerable. You know, it's um, mm. and, it, and it's like in my superheroes, okay. My superheroes of choice, well, my number one is always Batman, regardless of how well Marvel does or how weird DC gets. It's always Batman because Batman has a vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, that Super and whatever never has. He's so, just a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's him. Um, uh, uh, so perhaps 
it could be one of two things. It could be their vulnerability. What I think it's more likely is I feel I could be them hmm. more likely. Do you know what I mean? With enough I money, put, yes. I, I, could, I could put myself in the shoes of a starship trooper yeah. running around doing his best, trying not to blow his bloody his buddy's head off. Or I could put myself in the shoes of a Batman because it, uh, it, uh, it, there's no superpowers there. It's just gritty, get the stuff done. And I think, I think perhaps I can relate more and I can put myself into the, into the moment uh, more. So I would like to see more, more approaches from games and things like that in this direction of um, understanding that there are a group of us out there who, who love to identify closely with the, with the vulnerability of the, of the protagonist. We want to feel mm -hmm. that we can be that. Escapism doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I am embraced with superpowers and, and stuff like that, because I'll be honest, if I had a superpower, I'd be like Carl Pilkington. I would be bullshit, man. You know, if I got a bullshit detector, I think I'd be the best superpower I could ever get. You know, so I'm, I'm totally on board with that. You know, I, just, I don't need anything else. You know, it's like nothing else would really do me. I, if I could fly, I never would because I don't like flying. So... <laughs> <laughs> People would just throw things at you if you could fly. Yeah. That, that is dramatic. <laughs> if somebody starts flying past. Speaking of gritty, though, there is also a range of uh, 28 mil, I suppose, horror. Is, um, is that almost pyramid head, but with a chainsaw? Uh, well, he's wearing a deep sea diving helmet. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, so not almost pyramid head. Ooh. So, I mean, why wouldn't you? No. It's, it's a good way to, it's a good look. I'm sure it weighs a ton, but he it seems, to, he seems to be. Like the He's got muscles on his carry. muscles, yeah. Jerry. Yeah. So, yeah. Almost like the Innsmouth Chainsaw Massacre, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brings together I, a little bit of Cthulhu there as well. I quite yeah. like these because there's a, a weird mix of, well, weird and post-apocalyptic. So you've got things like the Street Gladiator. Oh, that's cool! Very much a, you know, a <laughs> Myrmidon. Uh, but then he's got his... his his bin lid, lid uh, <laughs> and uh, a circular saw blade screwed into a bit of a baseball pass. Uh, Are you goes. sure that's not a well, uh, you know, a, a well steroided uh, dairy mother? Dairy <laughs> <many> <laughs> <chances>. <laughs> the, the peace process came in. Willie Ben's stopped it back in the lids on the ground. <laughs> and our, a silent scientist. I mean, oh, you know, yes. You know, he's a good look. And again, great for games like uh, Don't Look Back or. Yeah. Um, that sort of seven built, TV, anything like seven that. Seven TV, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so there, there's a a nice selection of horrific horror in twenty eight mm. mil. Um, quite a lot of them actually, including Bill pigs, the Angry pigs and Clown wild dogs. Looks fascinating. Yeah, Bill the Angry <laughs> Clown. Okay. How? Oh um, wow! It, it reminds me of the the front of was it Carmageddon? Oh uh, god, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's rocking my physique these days. I <laughs> call that the, the COVID body. I was just thinking there, Jerry. Right, <laughs> he is literally standing with a bottle of Jack Daniels mm. and a costume that I have hanging up in my wardrobe. <laughs> you know, th this this is this is Andrea's fantasy on a, a on a Friday night, man. You know, as soon as this show's over, I will be pouring myself into that outfit. Good. And getting my JD, and and you're standing at the foot of the bed. I just, the only thing I need is the 
what is that? The 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 the, the baseball bat. The, the, the baseball Mine's not as big as that. Okay. So it's um, <laughs> but I'll be there and I'll be going. Oh, hey, you're a lucky lady. <laughs> there you go. New love for clowns. Andrew will find that. Out. Yeah, really that, that well, she help. married one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people who are frightened of clowns that will probably help placate them somewhat. The idea of you in that outfit dressed like a clown. Absolutely. I mean, I that's that's aversion therapy right there. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm here to help. Yeah. Reach out. Reach <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, before we before we disappear away from the 28 mil and into the 15s, there is one final section, which is the dark hold fantasy. Oh. Uh, and this I like because it it, it was built. Let me wait, well, it sees at the top here. Um they were attempting to fill a gap in RPGs and tabletop games, which is namely goblin characters and adventurers. So mm-hmm. so yes, you can play as a mighty goblin adventuring party with your wizard oh. witch fighter and rogue awesome. I love that. but in oh, a yeah. in a goblin fashion i particularly like the fact that the wizard has a even smaller goblin as an apprentice <laughs> <with him. laughs> you know he looks happy to be there mm-hmm. god bless him i channel my magical power into you and if you explode that's fine <laughs> <laughs> Is that a goblin riding a pig? Yes, yeah, there is goblin, goblin pig calf jousting <laughs> on a pig. Uh, there's things like the dark hole jester. Oh, that's cool. Looking particularly fond of himself. Yeah, yeah. He, he's good. Uh, we we got the goblin villagers. Yep. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, exploring for new uh, yeah, schools. Checking out, checking out the knees, the nasal passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I quite like this sort of stuff because it. it sort of puts a spin on the traditional like yes. ev- everyone loves the idea of like you know playing as paladins and mm. druids and elves and dwarves and all that kind of thing but I, I've always liked the thing that you see with Dark Hall and you also see it with the other world miniatures stuff as well where they they put together this idea of well you don't necessarily just have to play as those valiant heroes you could play as the heroes and villains within goblins and kobolds and all that kind of thing as well and you could just do an entire game themed around that yeah. which I think would bring a lot more fun to the hobby element of the game as well as just the playing as well because you get mm-hmm. to, you know you get to paint something that isn't just you know your traditional paladin in full plate armor and stuff so I have an idea go on. Mm. Go on, go on, go on. right so a rangers of shadow deep kind of game so mm-hmm. tabletop RPG very much the measure and move and sure. and do your thing right so very narrative driven right mm-hmm. All the characters are goblins. So it's all mm. totally goblin based. When your goblin dies, okay, you have a sound effect that goes pop. I need to get the right pop, okay? The goblins pop, yeah. always go pop. Mm-hmm. And when they go pop, I'm going to steal something from Moonstone here, Jerry, mm-hmm. right? You drop some uh, you you drop some D4s or some dice. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then uh, from that, you determine which of his little mushroomy spores grows into your next goblin <laughs> and what he is. That would be pretty cool. That, that would be cool. pretty cool. And then yeah, you just, because cool. just looking at this, it took me back to the Amiga days, you know, and it was like, I just was thinking, God, there could have been a game back then. But it, if you had a game back then, your goblin definitely would have went pop. And bits would have went all over the place. And then maybe some of those bits would have grew into other goblins and stuff like that there. And <laughs> and, I, and I just think we could transfer that to the tabletop. And, you know, it's like goblins go pop. That's how it is. It makes sense. I used to play a, 
a game from um, Steve Jackson Games. I had to look behind me to see the rules. Which Steve Jackson? American Steve Jackson. American Steve Jackson. Mm. Uh, and there was an RPG called Goblins where it was like that. The entire world was goblins. It was set in, uh, in like a steampunk Victoriana. Everybody mm-hmm. was a goblin. Goblins were practically unkillable. So the first thing that would happen is you would generate your goblin and see what happened to them during the first years of their life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you spend a year trapped in a bread bin, you were very short, but very fat, <laughs> things like that. But, uh, but it's very quick, you know, people stop looking for ways to kill. It doesn't, it doesn't lend itself as a fighty game because yeah. goblins are practically <laughs> invincible. If you bounce them, you know, freeze them, whatever, they'll still come back goblin-y. Yeah. Uh, and, and just doing whole worlds like that where you just go, you know what? Maybe the elves crop up as bad guys and monsters. Yeah, otherwise you just have nice Do you know what? That's really interesting. Yeah. I kind of like the idea where you just remove killing from the equation completely. Mm-hmm. Because then you start, you, you're sitting down to a game and you're going, right, there's, there's, no, there's no killing in it. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What what is there left to do? And I'm sure there are a billion things that uh, that that you could discover some fun in. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time thinking about that. I think that could be a great challenge for uh, XLBS, Jerry. Mm. I think that yeah. could be a house challenge on XLBS. Um, uh, not a game, but coming up with ideas. Get the houses, each of the houses, to come up with ideas yeah. for a game where there where Killing is effectively defunct. So, what 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 would you explore? What what would you do? So, come over, join us on Sunday mm-hmm. in XLBS. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, whenever you join the Discord, join one of the houses. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll get that set up as a wee house challenge, just to mm-hmm. to get everybody warmed up for twenty twenty two. That sounds De- good. Definitely a way to go. No doubt. Pacifist route, guys. Yeah, I need to take a trading. note of that or I'll Just forget. <laughs> trading and we'll come to Sunday and I'll blaze on through it and then uh, and I'll not set it. But, <laughs> but here's, here's why we're really here. And oh. it's, the, it's the 15 mil stuff, which is many and varied. Um, they have a whole page for Mighty Armies, their own 15 mil system, uh, where they've sort of collected stuff together into army form mm. for the game. But... If we uh, if we go beyond the army side of things and just start exploring what they have in the way of fifteen mil, you can see Ooh. down the side here. Um, not much in the way of ten mil stuff there, but there is fifteen mil sci-fi, mm-hmm. fifteen mil zombie zombie hunters werewolves, mm-hmm. modern military, gangs, gunmen, hostages, pulp Ooh. adventures, pirates, Ooh. Uh, ancients. Just well. World War II snipers. Mm-hmm. World War II snipers is just some German and Russian snipers for wow. playing Stalingrad-esque sniper drills. However, mm-hmm. I will say, trying to find 15 mil uh, German snipers for Flames of War has been in the backside. So well, it's, very, know, it's yeah. very nice to see yeah. that I can just get them from there. Quite nice sculpts. Not that I've been in here already. However, no. um, could you go into the modern military for me, please, Jerry? I, I will do. You're, you're keen on this, having I, done your... Uh, yep. I, I I'm I'm very much into my moderns. You're you're a bunch of cook cans and some married shades away from being a uh, African tin pot dictator. Yep. <laughs> All the berries on. I like the guy at the front piece smoking a big stoogie. Ah, uh, yeah. You've got all the weapon options in there as well, which is pretty yeah. neat. So you've got the RPGs and all that kind of stuff, which is very nice. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so what slow down? So we've got um uh, Chinese Africans, modern SAS. US industry. Yeah. Go to that fifteen mil SAS assault group. That will be interesting. I wonder are they jungle themed? Oh, no, nope. they're very no, they're cool. Ooh, they're coming at you like Cleopatra in so uh, up for like urban, urban, yeah. and, and with the gas masks on as well for uh, chemical biological warfare. Very nice. Those are cool. Yeah, yeah very cool. Uh, it, it'll be controversial, but I've got to say it. That's Northern Ireland pattern. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that, that is what that is. You know, so I had no point steering away from it because that, that's what that is. So, yes, I know. Controversial, but it's not controversial. Controversial would be saying SAS stands for sadists and psychopaths. No. Yeah, well, I mean, but we wouldn't say that. So Do you know fine. what? <laughs> but let's be honest. I think I think even those in the SAS would recognize that that, has, that there's an element of truth to that. You know, it, so so <laughs> there's even uh, right, please. Nice. Like, in case you want to uh, again take the streets of Belfast with the yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is it. <laughs> we have everything we need now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a quick look and see what's going on up the Ordoin Road. Oh, street punks. Street punks. I'm not seeing yeah. a huge amount of petrol bombs there. No. no. <laughs> so letting themselves down a bit. Mm. Do they have a rule set for the 15 mil moderns? Because I was just oh, yeah. I was just gonna say that it'd be also good for like playing around with Spectre in a different way as well. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, great idea. I mean you can drop down obviously to 15 from any rule set you have. Yeah. Here are the rule books they do. Um, so where are we? No quarter. I want modern and horror. That's what we're mm -hmm. after, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, so that's they don't just do it. Don't worry. That's just the subcategories, and then those are <laughs> oh, the modern wow. and horror. Very the fantasy nice. ones, particularly yeah. big. Um, <laughs> I'll open up some of the gangs and gunmen as well because there's more Ooh. in there. Your likes of your uh. 15 male men in black as well. That's cool. <gasps> Fire brigade. So you can yeah. replay oh, backdraft yeah. nice. if you want. You play know. backdraft, yeah. Oh, this is, is really a great cool. indie, Jerry. Yeah. This is absolutely brilliant. There's it's a really cool um like fire like fireman board game that I think it'd be really fun to take the meeples out and put those 15 mil guys in instead. Yeah. Of I want to do that. More post apocalyptic. <laughs> Something that uh, Gladiator to lead or join. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's 28 mil, so he could be a giant, some sort of mutant <laughs> giant. Oh, leading. well, the guy with the axe, he yeah. definitely make good friends with the guy with the axe in the back. Mm. The, the Gladiator, yeah, 100%. Well, if we look into Pulp Adventurers, uh, there's a few in here you may recognize oh. from places. There's a British. Call box. Ah, uh, Doctor Wen. Yeah, that Some sort of Doctor Wen. Doctor How. Doctor How. But again, pulp heroes, villains, and gangsters. So you've got things like the Shadow, Dick Tracy, Biggles, and then nice. I think that's Pruneface on the end as well. Uh -huh. um, Who's the dude with the purple? The back head? of his head. I, I don't know who he's supposed to be. He's a true hero. Well, he's, well or a villain. Much respect. <laughs> I imagine he's some kind of 60s, 70s villain from something so yeah. that someone will probably pick up in the comments and be like, I can't believe you didn't know that. So, <laughs> yeah. Have a quick look at the 15 mil monkey boys. <gasps> oh, they're uh, fab. They're a bunch of Bigfoot. <clears throat> they are. Uh, now, hang on a second here. That first one. <laughs> 
What's going on there? He's either got a seven pack or he forgot his loincloth today. Yeah, One right. or the other. So I was explaining to Manny, right, <laughs> that so many people confuse Bigfoot for Sasquatch, yet he doesn't mind. Oh, hey! <laughs> There's uh, some Victorian sci-fi steampunk guys nice. to Mars with their gas yeah. masks and pet helmets on. That's really cool. That's very nice. Like I say that's just the pulp. The um, the sci-fi. There's pirates. We'll have a quick look at pirates, I suppose. Arc. Um, yes, because they're always good for laugh. Sure. So, Has our piratey adventure went out yet? No, not yet. No. Soon, soon you'll get to you get to watch us in pirate land. <laughs> there's, there's an interesting set of adventures. One's got a monkey. <gasps> As you do. One's got a mermaid. mermaid. Out of my mind. Historically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> right up our strassa. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, nice. I like, I like those ones, yeah. You know. So much detail worked into those as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the range they do, pretty much for every range, is, is absolutely fantastic. Oh. Red Anne. Is that Anne Bonnie they're, they're talking about there? or Could be. That's away. nice. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll really, that would do for Anne Bonnie. Yep. Yeah, they're all female pirates. All they female pirates for that little pack. Mm -hmm. So Ooh. even though there's not a huge amount of them, Skelly there's still Drake. plenty to be going on with, including Skelly Bobs. I want to know how they his head underneath his uh, yes in the center mm -hmm. head under the arm. How do they grow their beards? That's what I want to know. Ah well, you know, hair. It's one of the last <laughs> things to. It's one of the last things to rot. Apparently, deeply <laughs> embedded in the bone as it is. As May even are. continue growing after you die. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Along with the nails, <laughs> along with the nails. But like that and CA glue. <laughs> I, I have it on good authority that uh, skeleton pirates have a, an endless supply of CA glue. So, <laughs> but like I was saying, there's there's a whole host more that we haven't even got into yet, and then there's all the rule sets. So. If you're looking at things and you're going, oh, that'd be good, but I don't have a game to play it with, mm -hmm. then they have you covered pretty much. I mean, there's yeah. the pulp stuff. So you can play against Captain Nemo. You can do your dinosaur adventures. You can play your pulp. Um, this is and, incredible. You know, it's, awesome. yeah. It covers all the bases. It's a, it's a proper, as I like to think of it, old school company where they go, we've got an idea for 15 mil and we're going to cover it all. And people go, well, what game are they going to use it for? I go, don't worry, we're going to cover that as well. Yeah. God, so yeah. if you're heroes, yeah, absolute heroes. And that is what Indie of the Week is mm -hmm. all about. Right. Will we, will we get some news on the go? Let's. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh you love. It's the news. <laughs> all right, kicking things off in the news, we are going back, back into the mists of time, like The Rock or Brendan Fraser, because uh, we're going to be taking a look at some upcoming miniatures for the First Empire range from War Games Atlantic. Uh, in this case, they've previously done Persians, who. Uh are a first empire but not as old as this empire uh, and in this case war games atlantic are getting to work on some new kingdom egyptians oh yeah oh mm. not the old kingdom you understand or the middle kingdom new kingdom 
I love me a clopesh. Mm. Right. Uh, hang on a second, though. Yes. Go on. Go on. I need history. I just, need, just need to get my bearings here. Old Kingdom chased the Israelites. No, yes. Yes. About that neck of the woods. New, New Kingdom is about three and a half thousand years ago ish, give or take. Uh, they were the ones who came up against the Hittites. Oh, okay. Ramses the second. Um, okay, yeah. And, and the Sea Peoples. The, oh, what, yeah, yeah. What, what, so this what, is this yeah. is the collapse of the Egyptian Empire. Then is around this this point. Yeah. This is the, the end. Phoenicians and things. Yeah. So, but so, this so, is before Cleopatra, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's later on. Yeah, Cleopatra's in with um that nice Caesar fella. Mm, yeah, so so we've seen Mark some Anthony too. Oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, anything that will keep your country from being conquered. Yeah, um, these are early early renders, so things may change. Uh, I've seen some people complaining about the size of the loincloths. I have no problem with those loincloths. No. They're apparently, they're, uh, apparently, they're, they're also very very. They're, they're too muscly for some people. Yeah. Apparently, but uh, the loincloths have a gourd kind of a thing going there. You know, it's like um, mm. are they storage compartments as well? <laughs> I, I think that's more just for the undercuts when they're tilling. Uh, more than anything else, is the reason uh, for the depth there. However, size wise, yeah. from top to bottom, that's about right. Based on yeah. images I've seen in various. Um, things but well, you were on, there jerry yeah, well I was, you were uh, there yeah, yeah, three thousand years ago very, <laughs> very much so, certainly i feel like it when the weather changes anyway um, <laughs> but they are planning two boxes so they're planning on doing a nice. box that's archer based and a box that will contain uh hand weapons and spears Beers. and sort of pole arms um so you'll be able to do your infantry or your uh, I suppose ranged as well. And they still would have rocked out chariots back then too. Oh yes. They? Oh god, yeah. Looking very. Mm. Uh, I was going to say looking very Trojan. They would have come up against the Trojans. It's the same time period for the Trojans. Mm -hmm. So so quite nice chariot armor. Um, what was quite, what was that's a very Egyptian face right there, isn't oh, it? it? Is, yeah. What was quite nice about what people had said in the comments of this <laughs> is it's really fun that you can look at these models and and immediately think, well, I know what that's going to look like when it's painted. Mm, you know yeah. you're going to have that sort of like cream white, the blues, the gold, yes. the bronze, everything. Yeah, it's such an iconic look. For yeah, the, for the Egyptians. Like cowhide shields. Mm. I, I think it's great. Uh, Egyptians being a very sort of horde army, as well. If you were looking to do them at the moment, you're, you know, you're investing heavily in metal. A lot of metal. Uh, figures, a yeah. lot of metal figures. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so being able to lay your hands on uh, a nice selection of plastics. Um, should hopefully help people put them on the table. Because sometimes I get the feeling armies are built based on what people have access to, and therefore some interesting armies and forces get skipped because it's too much of a pain for some people to uh, to seek them or too pricey for them to be collected. Egyptians freak me out, Jerry. Mm -hmm. Is it the, right? uh, the unusual headdresses? It's not. Do you know what it is, right? If I'm not mistaken, these guys were fighting and the Great Pyramid had been standing for a thousand years by that point. Probably wouldn't be far off it. It's yeah. something like that. Like, is the Great Pyramid not 4,000 years or something it's, ago? Or, I, I, or, oh, oh, it's easily over 4,000 years. Cleopatra's closer to us than she is yes. to the, the Great Pyramid. Yeah. I know, so isn't that nuts? Yeah. So mind-blowing, yeah. No, it's, like, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard actually as Europeans to think of civilizations 
lasting that length of time because yeah. like you know, our civilization really only kicked off after the dark ages you know when the vikings and all had finished yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. doing what they were doing and ultimately it was the vikings that you know it was uh, rollo that, that that ended up you know civilizing most of europe in his uncivilized way but anyway <laughs> it's like um you know, the, we're, like we're thinking of civilizations, we're thinking of a, a few hundred years, you know, or something like that. There, I, I find it really difficult to process a civilization that hasn't changed as rapidly as our civilization. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so those dudes are pretty much the same as what they were three thousand years before. Or, or, or at least a two, a, a thousand years yeah. uh, before, or whatever. Yeah, there's not a massive change in. Uh, yeah. I suppose it's mad, isn't it? Destruction yeah. and, and tooling and, and that sort of thing. You you move from stone to bronze to iron, but a lot of the the way the civilization is constructed around it remains sort of fairly stagnant. Yeah, yeah. Although obviously Newgrange in Ireland older than the pyramids. Screw you, pyramids. <laughs> I think that the thing that always gets me as well is that a lot of people consider it to be sort of like the Greeks that were the enlightened peoples of the ancient world, but the Egyptians. For the most part, were seat, were equally as enlightened. They oh, yeah. were amazing with medicine and building and all sorts of different things. Middle, they had some help when it came to building from lots and lots of slaves. But there you go. I thought you were going to say aliens there. <laughs> or aliens. Oh, we don't know who was slaves. Like no, apparently uh, they got apparently they, well they got paid, paid. Well looked after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was like they were they were craftsmen. They were masons. Yeah. They ended up creating the Illuminati further down the line, and <laughs> it, it went back even further than that. Like there's uh, Globeki Tepe. I think it's called right, mm-hmm. and and if you haven't checked it out, right, it's um it, it was unearthed in Turkey somewhere, yes. right, and it's I think twelve thousand years old, and it's um a proper full on stone complex with stone carvings of animals going up and down the walls and stuff like this, proper full civilization when there should not have been any civilization whatsoever so this is not even proto-civilization this is this is like hang on a second there's like what looks like a fully formed civilization there and we have absolutely no evidence of anything you know before that and then we lose evidence of it and we don't pick it up again until the sumerians or the the hittites or the babylonians or gozer or whatever the hell it is you know so <clears throat> yeah go, go back is a really fascinating one because at that stage people were still hunter gatherers yeah uh, there's no reason for them to be building any sort of structure certainly not those massive weird sort of upside down tees they all look like thor yeah. hammer you ever seen <laughs> thor's hammer represented in norse jewelry and stuff from that period it's a very chunky upper tst it's just those tons of them big circles of them <laughs> and it looks like it was it also looks like the site was deliberately filled it wasn't yes. just buried or wasn't knocked over or wasn't abandoned or away it. from <laughs> yeah i know it was deliberately filled in because oh, it's all wow. so perfectly preserved it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a fascinating one yeah Oh, it's a real mystery. It's like a it's like a proper real mystery. I think we are in the day and age, right? Where yeah, okay, twenty twenty two, we're going to see aliens, but I reckon we'll also find out that uh, that there was truth to Noah's flood and stuff like that. Now, not not exactly entire planet wise covered uh, uh, in water, but I think we'll find out that um, at the end of the last ice age, there was a massive catastrophe that flooded. 
um, all over the Americas and Europe and uh, and the like. So I, I reckon that destroyed our civilization that, that created that. I reckon they're all. I, I reckon the, the the sea levels rose, and it, it's all there to be found. But you have to go swimming to find it. I don't know about you, Jerry, but it's too damn cold here. Unless we were going to Donegal for beer, and we would all float over on a doorboat. So it, it, it would be what I'd do. Check out, <laughs> check out Irving Finkel's book slash um, documentary on the Ark. Uh, because that's that's fascinating. I'll just throw that one out there so people can go off and look. For, if you don't know who Irvin Finkel is, he's a curator of Babylonian uh, antiquities at the British Museum and a legend. Oh, an absolute, absolute legend. But apart from the First Empire, mm-hmm. we have more news. And what yeah. news is next, Ben? Uh, so next up, we're moving to Atomic Mass Games uh, because they have been showing off a couple of their new releases that are going to be coming out in the first quarter of 2022, uh, which is pretty awesome. So um, we're getting sort of a couple of new characters. We're starting off with um, Nick Fury or Nick Fury Jr., depending on how you, you approach it, I guess, and which comic books you're reading. <laughs> but this is the Samuel L. Jackson version of him, essentially. Nice. <laughs> uh, so you're going to get yourself uh, an awesome Nick Fury miniature, who I think is looking pretty damn cool there, yeah. um, as he is wont to be, uh, alongside something that's a little bit new for um, Marvel Crisis Protocol, and that's these sort of like uh, sort of minion goon style sets where it's a bunch of the sort of like, I guess you'd say nobodies or extras mm-hmm. sort of bundled together to use in your games. Although the one at the front of their front there does look a lot like Maria Hill. So there you yeah, go. I was thinking <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, this is kind of sort of a new direction for them. They're doing this. Uh, they're sort of working towards adding in a lot more of these kind of like troops, I guess you'd say, to Marvel Crisis Protocol, which I think is a really fun idea. Yeah. Um, it certainly opens up the possibilities when it comes to scenarios and that kind of thing, uh, because you then suddenly have the ability to, maybe if you wanted to approach it from a cooperative or a, a solo standpoint, have something like a, a large mass of uh, sort of, effectively, I say, extras. Against Are these the like terror. agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind yeah. of dudes? Are they the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And, they, and yeah. there's your Nick Fury as well. I should also point out that that massive thing you see in the background, mm. that's not just been made for this photo. That is actually going to be available. So the no, Quinjet, no. you're going to be able to buy that. And uh, it is listed as a terrain kit, so it's not going to actually have any rules. Probably. Oh, oh, well, it will have rules because there are rules for terrain in Marvel. Well, yeah. Whether it, you're picking it up, up. <laughs> whether you're picking it up and smashing it That's into somebody's true. head, or you're throwing somebody off it. So Hulk can use that to beat the hell out of somebody else. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I imagine yeah. he will. Uh, yes. But yeah, so you've got a Quinjet, which is pretty cool. Um, they're also got a couple of new releases um, for sort of uh, your New York style adventures. Nice. Uh, so if you want to head down into Hell's Kitchen, you're going to be able to pick up the Shadowlands, Daredevil, and Electra and Hand Ninja set. Nice. So come in one pack. Um, again, going with the idea of sort of creating those sort of minions and goons for you to use in your games. You've also got in this set as well, them kind of looking at the idea of telling a particular comic book story. Hmm. So uh, I only did a little bit of research on this, so people can correct me if, if, if they know more about it. Oh, but, they will. <laughs> but the Shadowlands Daredevil thing is that he comes back and he is suddenly a lot more brutal and uh, deadly, and he actually goes out and kills Bullseye, who a lot of people will know is his um, arch nemesis, uh, or Colin Farrell. <laughs> uh, and, um, He's uh, magic. And, 
And so then, as he's the head of the, the hand ninjas, mm. everyone has to try and work out what's happened to Daredevil. And so you mm. can play out a really interesting story, bringing in the likes of um, Spider-Man and um, yeah. Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all that kind of stuff, and Elektra, of course, there as well, to try and sort of work out what the problem is with Daredevil. I won't say any more about it, just in case you want to read those particular comics, mm. I guess. Uh, but uh, some really fun miniatures there as well that are sort of telling a particular story within the Marvel Universe, uh, especially the comic books anyway. It, it, I'd like to see them do more of that. I, I, I think like it'd be really cool to see them be like, I, well, let's follow an old man Logan storyline or something. That's great, yeah. To focus directly on that. I think that would be really fun and open up the opportunity for them to do like campaign books and supplements and that kind of thing. It, so. it also makes sense when you look at how often heroes were up against groups of people. Yeah. But yeah. In, in Marvel Crisis Protocol, if you put a randomer up against one of the heroes, they'll get flattened. Get beaten to death. So, <laughs> so having them as a little collective kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like... That's a good picture there because it cuts the top of the rope off. Yes. Uh, that yeah, one yeah, there, I was thinking yeah. about it. Looks like well. a snake charmer. <laughs> you know, one of these. <laughs> or maybe a it's lot, a piece of rebar, you know. Yeah. A lot of people have been saying that they're going to just get rid of that and re sculpt yeah, the guy yeah. a little bit. But uh, but I, I think it's a, a really fun direction to go in. There's obviously limitless possibilities when it comes to Marvel. The, the I know exactly endless. what to do with that. Easy fix mm -hmm. balloon. Just put a wee balloon on it and, it, and it'd be perfect. How dare you Here. interrupt our shield anniversary party? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yes. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, uh, had the opportunity to see the, the new Spider Man. I have seen it. Yeah. Going I'm, home, I'm not or whatever it is. Yet, but, Although yeah, we should uh, let's be wary of spoilers just in case, I guess. Right. Well, it's incredible. Okay. <laughs> it's incredible. I loved it. <laughs> and um, you're talking about old man. Um, Logan. Logan. Old Man Logan story, right? Mm -hmm. I want to see um, an elder Peter Parker Spider Man story with Tobey Maguire. That'd be cool. Yeah. Wouldn't like that, that be cool? You know, because the, 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 you have then you you literally have what does Spider Man do when he's in his forties and he has a sore back? <laughs> you know, I would love to see more Garfield stuff as well. Um, but I I particularly think Pushing a gritty a gritty Tobey Maguire later Spider Man uh, uh, kind of thing uh, could be interesting. I think it'd be hilarious actually because uh, like what if he settled down? With MJ. Oh, yeah. What, what, what if he's a family man? It's going to be like scenes out of Mystery Men. Really, isn't it? Like him, him coming home and cracking the back. And, you know, it'd be like me. I have to get my daughter to walk on my back. This is all I can move. Did you watch the uh, Into the Spider-Verse cartoon? Into the Spider-Verse is very good. Yeah. Yes, no, I right. haven't seen it yet. There's, check it out. Yeah. There's a Peter Parker in there who um, is, is not particularly old but he he's a like a, a washed up has been type of uh -huh. spider-man he's um, a pizza every day kind of yeah yeah he's sitting there with like a, a pop belly on him and everything's going kind yeah. of kind of wrong for yeah. him but but it was a delight to see also nicholas cage as, nicholas cage uh, as spider there, yeah. noir in there is great mm. and i would love to i mean if they've gone to the whole point where they've got garfield and mcguire now in the mcu technically canonically via the multiverse um there's no reason why i can't have my nicholas cage spider oh, noir that's true uh, yeah, and, yeah. and i i want him want him want him because <laughs> even when they're in a room with no wind his his coat is flapping and because he is so film noir it's so just noir. magical, <laughs> magical. But yeah. right what's next 
Uh, well, moving away from superheroes and back to fantasy, as is mm-hmm. my wanted life, uh, Luke have been releasing a whole host of stuff uh, for their fantasy range. And mm-hmm. they have sort of flooded flood the carling, I think is the way to go with the early releases <laughs> for uh, January. So wow. here, here you can see what is coming. And uh, they've really upped the game from just <gasps> books. Yeah. At, at its core, there are still books. So we have the mm-hmm. Wilderness uh, Little and Bigger book of yeah. Wildernessnessnessness, um, which contain the usual sort of uh, twin set of battle map books uh, with a whole host of outdoorsy type things up to and including just double water. You know, so if you want to do your ship or you want to do your landing, nice. um, it's all there, all handy for people who want to incorrectly play uh, with miniatures in their RPGs. Uh, the little book is a six by six sort of mini version of that. And I like, I like the fact that you can combine it with the big books as well. Uh, so you've, you've got one or maybe if you don't want to go the whole hog with the big book but it's nice to work out where people are standing when you're working out a final boss fight having just a little pocket edition just a little six by six where you can flip it out and then go okay put your figures wherever they are so i can at least orientate you correctly is handy to have um beyond the wilderness itself though they've done a couple of other things which are absolutely awesome uh the immersive GM screen. So this is a four-panel mm-hmm. screen, double-sided. Right. Uh, on one side is a mountainscape, and on the other side is this gorgeous sort of city. This is one panel out of it. Beautiful idea. And For photography, even. it's that's, that's what I was looking at it, because I'm going, yeah. oh, my God. Put that uh, up against the mat, and so yes. you've got like a surround you've, for you've your... You've got a surround, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You, so even if, you're, even if you're not needing it for a gm screen for sure it it just makes a great backdrop Uh, and if you don't need a particular gm screen then having a generic one just to hide your stuff behind is always handy. yeah because there's nothing on the other side of it so it's just sort of like it's just the images it's double-sided yeah so one side one side city a one side um outdoors it's perfect for the likes of me yeah because um i'm fairly system agnostic yeah you know i'll make yeah, you shit up you as i go along yeah. the back you can just um, so I, I just want that and to have it that it also has a has a um a, a, a picturesque function yeah. what is yeah. it an aesthetic an aesthetic Aesthet- uh, function mm-hmm. this is genius like yeah. this is this is absolutely and uh, the other thing i noticed in there was a little deck of cards called uh combat twists i'm just about to move on to those <gasps> we don't have a big picture of the combat twists although they are there however i have been flicking through them because we have this at the studio and i'm going to do a, a vlog on this to show the the bits and pieces off uh-huh. um, but the the combat twist little deck sort of opens up and there are four mini decks in there um which are things like a location deck so you can just shuffle it randomly and it will say the player furthest away with the most arbor gets hit on the left leg Ah, it just hurts or it might say (laughs) the closest caster uh, to the body gets hit in the right eye, they lose depth perception so you can use as much or as little as you want because it it, it gives you a a way to target characters. So maybe you just need to go, who's getting hit? Look at the first line. It tells you which member of the party it will be, depending on like that, where yeah. they're standing. Or maybe you want an actual location on the body or an, or an effect or all of them. You can do that. Uh, there's the, 
I'm, I'm trying to remember what the green deck is. I think it's like the the wilderness deck. So again, ties into the book, um, and it will have just random stuff that happens. So maybe the train. Uh, for some reason, the train is magical, or the train might be mechanical, or the train is something, and it just gets up and walks away to somewhere else. So all of a sudden, your group that's been hiding behind these trees and rocks, waiting to ambush some you know orcs coming along the road, and all of a sudden, all of their their hiddennessness gets moved <laughs> as the rocks just wander off, See leaving them crouching there like morons. <laughs> Uh, my favorite out of all the cards is the random encounter where a lonely goblin in the middle of a combat just comes running out of nowhere and runs up to somebody for a hug. Oh! <laughs> oh, where has that come from? What's going on? Now, I imagine <laughs> in the cut and thrust of an encounter, somebody's going to plant that goblin before he gets a chance to hug them. Um, but the thing, the thing is, I was going to say, the thing that's really nice about this is that it like a lot of people say, oh, why don't you just come up with this as a GM yourself? And I'm like, well, it's a hard ass job being a GM in the it first is. place or DM, whatever. Mm. And these just make the job easier. And why would anyone say no to something that makes your job easier and helps you out in that? Because it's really hard sometimes to come up with things on the fly and a mm. deck like that to be like, ah, cool. Well, this makes this encounter suddenly 10 times more fun because you've got these different randomizers in there. I, mean, I, will, really cool I will go one step further. As a GM, you've built your encounter. You've spent all your time, maybe weeks, planning it out, drawing the maps, and yeah. then your players immediately turn exactly, left yes, instead of right, yeah. uh -huh. ignore everything they've just been told, and then go somewhere else. And then you're left going, right, what's going to happen to them? At that point, the random cards come out, mm -hmm. uh, and that will teach them. And speaking of random, Untold Encounters. This is a 350-page <laughs> hardback book. Monster, yeah. It's split into... Who makes like, this? This is Luke as well. And it's, it's split into um, wilderness, city, and something else. So you can literally go right there in a the city and then go to a big book of... or just those chapters of encounters and, and randomly pick out stuff from it. So you can use this to generate your encounters in advance. You can use this to help... Yeah build your games or you again you can use it if you just need to you know cover up for the fact that they've gone completely off book and ignored <laughs> your happiness um there's a ton of random tables there's over a thousand adventures cooked into this but there's also a couple of pre-written ones specifically for fifth edition so if you are playing D&D, then you can use the ones that are already written for you and then expand and extrapolate from the random encounters yeah. or if you're just playing something generic it's a big book of, of encounters, think, tables, yeah. paragraphs, and all sorts of stuff. Inspiration I think they, 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 agent. Yeah, I think they've made it so that they, while obviously it's got that fifth edition compatibility, it obviously could be used for anything in that regard. Because oh, yeah. there's lots of things where it's like, if you were doing this or whatever, just tweak this or whatever. There, or, there are little different... cut out boxes in different yeah. colors, and it will go, you know, there's an encounter at a caravan, maybe you're doing a wilderness one, yeah. and it will go, this is what it is for fifth, and then underneath it will go, here's what you, you here are the main salient points for making it generic, so like it's a, 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 a bruiser's in charge yeah. of the group, so he's going to be a bit of a tough fighter, and, and certain things, you know, that, that make that encounter that encounter without actually going here as a stat line. So if you're just playing a game of like GURPS or Tunnels and Trolls, yeah. you can go in and tweak it to the the system you're using. Um, well, this is the point of the show where I'm going to turn into Scylla Black. Right. That might not be international enough. I'm going to turn into Gozer. Okay. Right? Go on. I've got my two demon dogs. All right. Yes. And one of my demon dogs is you guys over at Loke because you're blowing my mind. And then my other demon dog 
is Joe McCullough. Because he blows my mind. I'm going to get my demon dogs together and they're going to do what demon dogs do when they're finished sniffing each other's butts. And they're going to get the together. interesting image and, in my head of Logan. Yeah, and Joe McCullough is going to write a whole series of scenarios so every time you flip over a page in what, that wilderness book or any of the other uh, books, <laughs> there's a pre-made scenario yeah. that you could, just, you could just play out. Now tell me that's not Scylla Black oh, slash Gozer. Cool. Awesomeness right there. It's it's certainly going to be a Laura Laura laughs. A Laura laugh. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, fascinating stuff. Because I, I will sure. be going I'll be going through all of that in a vlog in more oh, than not too distant. I'm not going to put any particular date on it because I, I don't know when when Tuesday uh, actually get done for. <laughs> oh I could have a film for Tuesday. Our editor <laughs> our editor may have a stroke. I tell him Tuesday then. Um, so yeah, so keep your eye out for that. And I'm also looking to talk to uh Tamsin. Um and uh I think it's Matt. Is Matt her husband? Anyway, the the people responsible for Luke as well because it's incredible they're, stuff. I they're, love they're it. They've been doing yeah. a ton of stuff and they're really starting to expand beyond just the yeah here is a generic terrain book that you can use into these much broader sort of uh world building and, and adventure building parts as well it's, so. it's also not just fantasy stuff like um we we talked about it before the end of last year they did a sci-fi one which was all digital oh, yeah, so if you play virtual tabletop you've got that options hmm. they also do the cyberpunk battle maps as well for artel saurian so if you want to do all that stuff you've got there as well on that note because i did notice it which i don't think i'm not sure whether or not it's in this the article um, but when I opened up the big book of untold encounters, uh, there was a digital code yeah. in that as well. Uh, so every, oh. whenever you buy it, you get a, a digital, either a digital version. I think it's from drive through RPG and you just yeah. get the downloads. Nice. Fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. So mm. I'll, I'll be covering that up with a sticker mm. so nobody else gets that. <laughs> well, what's next? Well, Unexpected Games have recently announced a board game title that the premise could potentially get us here on Tabletop in a bit of trouble. So, Voices in My Head, it is called, and it's been confirmed for this court review. Um, players are going to step into the mind, not, not step as, step into the mind as a main character called Guy. Now, uh -huh. what you've got to do with Guy is you've got to get him out of serious trouble because he's in a court case. And you're going to have to take role as his personality. So you're going to need to take role of his personality traits. Remember, though, the voices inside your head are not always going to be pointing you in the direction that you think should be a good idea. So uh -huh. the game does take place in a courtroom. So against a prosecutor and a seemingly objective jury, uh, the game has got hidden goals and it's going to place Guy up in a trial. And several players are going to be taking the role as good guys and helping him get off Scott Cree. But one player in particular is going to take the role of prosecutor and he's going to have very serious influence over the jury. So it's up to all of the personality traits alike, such as honesty, bravery, and many more to meet the hidden goals throughout the game to progress in the court case. So the case may result in a conviction for Guy Blessing. It is his defence is not too good enough, and that could mean like a comfy enrolment into a lovely prison. But <laughs> voices inside guy's head 
can achieve anything if they want to get him off really? So has Justin has Justin seen this no, yet? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Because this no. is this is basically Justin Simulator, right? Because this is how Justin's mind works. You know, like if, if, if we if we chop the top off his head, there'd be little counters in there and little little beans in there, wondering what the hell's going on, and you know, they're just prodding him and, and, and moving him in whatever general direction he needs to go. He'll love this. He will love this. It's certainly a good one for Justin, but the only way that players can get freedom for Guy is just by watching the story unfold, what happens in the courtroom and utilising the different personality traits that he has in Guy's favour. So there's no release date yet, but we do know that he's going to be coming in quarter one this year. So you can pre-order it over at Asmodee or any of your favourite online stores. But it is out there, so it's quite an interesting concept. Do you remember the uh, the Numbskulls comic? Yes. That, that's all I can think of is the yes. numbskulls running around there trying desperately to get him out of this jam. It's mm-hmm. going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. it's, an, it's, an interesting one, it's an interesting one for board games this year, I think. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them popping up in the, in the last sort of week or so where I'm like, finally, I'm getting excited for a year of interesting board games. Because over the last couple of years, we've had sort of a little bit of a, a lull because of obviously everything that's been happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's not been anything that's come out that I've gone, oh, I definitely need to play that or whatever. But Voices in My Head sounds really fun. I could see that being a very good convention game as mm-hmm. well. I, see that being good. I agree. So. Yeah, interesting take. I'm actually looking to see more about it. Where are we off to next? Well, we're uh, going to leave Justin's head behind, I think. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll leave Justin's head and we'll actually burrow our way inside, inside John's head instead uh, because Battlefront have got a whole raft of awesome things popping up for not just Flames of War, but also World War Three Team Yankee throughout 2022. So they put together this little video, as you can see here, where they talk through what's going to be coming. And basically, this shows everything off on that table, right? So mm-hmm. there's going to be two big new boxed games coming up focused on the North Africa campaigns and the mid-war. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have Tobruk, which is awesome, obviously. And then yeah. you're also going to have Kazarine as well. Both of these sets are obviously focused on bringing loads and loads of plastic miniatures to the tabletop for you to play out that mid-war period, which is cool. You're also then going to get army boxes which are then built to suit all the different factions involved with that so there's four different um sort of army boxes coming up which is also again very awesome mm-hmm. uh and of course then you have the north africa mid-war book at the same time as well uh so there is everything you could need for diving into uh, flames of world world war ii and enjoying that sort of period of warfare um i think uh, apart from i guess maybe sort of the normandy landings and that sort of period of World War II, I think North Africa and that kind of desert rat situation, I think is one of those that sort of has this really iconic feel to it. And it's awesome to see sort of Battlefront returning to that and building up these different box sets for people to play around yeah. and have fun with. As you can see, laden down with tanks. Loads, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be Flames of War without lots and lots of tanks. Mm, uh, so there's lots of different things for you to check out there. In addition to that, if you are still playing... Uh, games set during the late war period and sort of mm-hmm. delving into the bulge you're going to get two new books so you're going to have a bulge german book and you're also going to have a bulge british book at the mm-hmm. same time too yeah, so obviously the focus has been very much on the us uh, running up to the end of last year but the sort of twisting things and playing around with that a little bit adding in new books for both those factions and of course there's going to be new plastic sets for all of that as well um then to cap this is hang on a second this is being presented by peter semenovich himself yes (laughs) that man is a 
and legend. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away to the fact that Peter's on the cover. Oh, Peter! It's like, he is an absolute <laughs> legend. <laughs> like, it's yeah. him and there's John Stallard, you know, like the two gods of gaming, as far as I'm concerned, you know? It's like, wow! <laughs> he is a minefield for uh, for this information. There, there's, there's nobody in the world, even our John, who's more <gasps> passionate about the, the, this World War II topic than, than Peter Semenovich. Oh, I'm going to be Gozer again. We need to get <laughs> Peter Semenovich and Peter Jackson together. Boom. <laughs> we do the Battle of the Bulge get back. <laughs> one way of doing it certainly three hours of arguing in a room yeah. yes um, so we also have some new stuff for World War 3 as well um, so they're going to be doing uh, well they're building up and, and sort of exploring the Warsaw Pact as well mm. uh, so there's going to be a lot more focus on that there was a little bit of a focus on that towards the end of last year uh, but they're going to be sort of twisting and, and playing around with that a little bit more um, building on what they've done previously for World War 3 bringing in loads of extra stuff for the East Germans, the Polish, Czechoslovakians, and all that kind of thing as well. So some nice stuff there. Again, lots and lots more plastic kits if you want to play that sort of Cold War gone hot. The big thing, though, and this was one that was sort of teased, uh, is uh, that they're also going to be doing Red Dawn. So the proper big Russian invasion of America mm. is going to be played out on the tabletop uh, later this year for World War Three Team Yankee. My bagsy Swayze. <laughs> that's but before we go any further that's great that, that is amazing i, I, I love that. that yes it's their their awesome little objective market that is uh obviously a nod to do something yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah so you're gonna be able to play out the proper invasion of america again with loads of new plastic kits and everything in the in the mix as well for battlefront and what they're doing there so we could all probably just jump to the end and do ukraine <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. Be spoiling the story, <laughs> Spoilers for reality. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's absolutely loads of stuff coming out for both World War II and World War Three. the world. that The world that wasn't, but nearly was. That is uh, awesome. So yeah, Give it time. Really cool stuff. And now we have the lesser spotted Peter Savinovich on camera. Mm. Um, let's reach out there and see if we can get Peter on. On the show. Well, yeah, I'm hoping that we could do some really fun stuff with Battlefront in the in the next year or so. It'd be really good to get some good demo games and playing some 15 mil World War II on the table. So I think it'd be really yeah. good. So yeah, um, awesome. Yes, we we finish off uh, with some Games Workshop news because they have not been silent over the holiday period in the beginning of January. Um, so. What have I been talking about on Cult of Games for the last six months? Is it Eldar? Yes, it was oh, Eldar. Right, yeah, <laughs> well, thankfully, uh, the Eldar, also known as the Eldari, also known as the Azuriani, are going sure. to be coming to the tabletop as part of a new boxed set called Eldritch Omens. Uh, they're going to be presenting us with a whole bunch of new Eldar miniatures alongside some more of the heretic Astartes as well, uh, or the Chaos Space Marines, if you're from an older generation. So I am, thank you. For thine Eldar forces, you are going to get a new plastic autarch there uh, done in Simhan uh, colours, as you can see there. But all of the different options there, so you've got different melee weapons and range weapons. In addition to that, this can also be plugged in to the existing Autark kit, which comes with the big swooping hawk wings. Mm. So if you want to play around with both mm. this kit and that kit, you can do that, which is awesome. You then are going to get, finally, finally, they're not in Finecast anymore, thank God. We're going to be getting <laughs> the Azuyani Rangers. Uh, so if, like me, you need to pick up some plastic Rangers to sort of help sort of complement your force, you're going to get some new options on that front. 
I think they look really cool. Fun ideas with these. Uh, I, again, I've always liked this sort of like camo cloak look. Mm. Uh, and it's, uh, I think I'm going to try and give all of them helmets because there's something about Eldar without helmets on that's a bit weird. But I, uh, but I think, yeah. I think these look yeah, very cool. People will just shoot you in the head well, if you don't well, wear yeah, a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I, I was going to ask you if you're tempted there, Ben, but I think you've already answered. I am tempted. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had 20 out of those in metal. I didn't realize they'd made them in five cast. Yes, that's they terrible. did. And they ruined everyone's lives. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to be finishing things off with a uh, new unit for the Eldari, uh, the Ajiani, so which are called the Shroud Runners. So this is a sort of spin on their jet bikes, uh, where they, instead they've got a couple of mounted uh, sort of scouts, the rangers mm-hmm. on the back of them. Uh, so you're going to have a new unit popping up in your codex, or my codex, I guess, in the next couple of uh, months uh, to play around with. Maybe I'll have to really, I'll have to entirely rethink my Iandan army. That would be the way, wouldn't it? But uh, mm. we'll have to see how that goes together. That's At least I'm not playing Alatok, I guess. Or yeah. no, it would, that would be good idea to play Alatok. But yeah. Anyway, some really cool stuff coming up in plastic for those. It was also teased that we are going to be getting, fingers crossed, lots of new Aspect Warriors. Hopefully they don't sort of, hold back on that and they give us a whole bunch of them very very quickly i would love to get some more of those because i've been playing around with metal models and they're great but i'd love to have some slightly more scale appropriate ones to what I, the rest of my force i guess You'll we've also happy. got new, we've also got new guardians and everything coming out for the eldar as well so yes that 20 odd year kit that has been around forever <laughs> is finally getting replaced I, that's the first kit i picked up look the first kit, kit i picked up when I started the hobby, and now it's finally it's being replaced. It's time, Ben. <laughs> it's time. I know you're old when years, your right? army finally gets a revamp. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, lots of big new stuff coming up for the Eldara, the Aziani. Uh, for the Chaos Space Marine side of things, uh, we're going to get a new Warpsmith model, which is the model you see there. Looks pretty cool. Uh, very awesome stuff. Sort of like their kind of Chaos spin on a tech, uh, tech priest, tech marine. Very cool. Lots of spindly things. Talking about Spider-Man got earlier. Hot very, 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 yeah. Handy. <laughs> for hobbying. Yeah. When, when your wounds are open, he'll hot glue them together. Yes. <laughs> How thoughtful. Uh, yeah. You've also got a new set of the Chaos Chosen as well. Um, so they, they might not be outfitted perfectly for anyone oh. who wants to play 40K. Apparently the weapon options are a bit lackluster, but that's a new set of Chaos Space Marines there that are obviously going to be a bit more chunky, which is great, obviously, for people who are trying to build up a Chaos Space Marine force to match the new Primaris. And there's also, insight included in this box, a, a Forge Fiend, which is uh, one of the older models uh, from the range, but that's obviously been put in there because the whole idea of it being sort of engineer-based and that kind of thing, so that's in there too. So this is obviously going to herald the new codexes for the Eldari, the Ajiani, sorry, and the Chaos Space Marines, the Heretics Astartes, uh, coming up from that. Those books are already out. You don't have to worry about them. We're going to mm. hop on to the next one because there's a whole bunch of new stuff coming out in terms of combat patrol sets as well. Oh, look, a Space Marine. Who would have thought it? <laughs> uh, but there are five new combat patrol boxes coming up uh, for Get From Games Workshop in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. These are all to kind of build on the new codexes that have been out recently. Um, so mm. last year, we obviously had the, um, the Grey Knights and the Thousand Suns. They're getting new combat patrol sets. You've also got new ones for the Adeptus Custodes and the Gene Stealer Colts. Uh, so they are the ones that recently got, well, I'm getting their codexes this week. So that's some pretty cool <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> and we also have uh, one for the Tau Empire as well, nice. which is the faction that is coming up in the next couple of weeks that's going to be getting an update alongside a new kill team set as well. But no new crit. No new crew, not yet. That- nothing for nothing for Lloyd, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, maybe we'll get a crew only codex in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, I think so. Th- yeah. Is this... I just jumped back to the start of it. 
Because I've heard that there's some sort of nonsense with seasons coming. So, is yeah. this the start of this? No, well, yes, kind of. Well, the, the seasons aren't particularly tied to uh, any box sets. They're tied to a series of books. Um, right. So the way that they're working it now, in essence, they've already kind of been doing this because they've already they've been building all these Warzone books over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, which kind of focus in on particular planets within the, the Imperium or whatever uh, and, and tell us a specific story. And obviously they did it with Psychic Awakening as well. Mm-hmm. They're kind of doing that, but they've then sort of bundled into the idea of it being seasons now. So six months of the year is going to be dedicated to a particular storyline within the world of Warhammer 40,000. In this case, it's going to be focused around, I think it's Vigilus, I think it's the world they're going to be focusing on. Um, And it's going to tell a particular story. And it's kind of there to give a set of new sort of mission parameters and that kind of thing for events if they want to run them. Uh, But it's also there a little bit more, I think, for those people playing Crusade mode in Warhammer 40,000. For anyone who doesn't know about Crusade mode, that's the kind of like more narrative, narrative version of it, where you build a force, and in in many in many respects, very similar to Stillmania, if anyone remembers that, <laughs> uh, it is you build a force that is what you have. You cannot go beyond those bounds, and you build onto that and add to it. So mm-hmm. it's a very it's less competitive, more sort of story driven, which I think is okay. really cool. And uh, obviously, you know, people are gonna. It obviously means more books coming out more often. Which I'm sure for a lot of people who want to try and keep up with the speed of Games Workshop is going to be a bit of a, a hassle. But um, as someone pointed out to me on social media this uh, last week, and I was also thinking the same thing, uh, you know, you, you buy as much as you want to and have fun with it. Because one of the big things we've always said is it's all about gaming in the gaps and having fun with particular elements of the hobby that you enjoy. So if you don't want to keep up with the rat race that is Games Workshop release schedule, just buy the things you want with your friends and just play that. That's what I do. That's what John does. So, you know, it, it's an easy way to approach this thing without getting too molded by it all. So, mm. so I, I'd just sorry. like to point out my favorite part of all of the GW stuff that's just come out there, right? Mm-hmm. It's the camo pattern they've painted on those ranges. Mm. I quite like that. Yeah. yeah, it's different. I mean, putting sniper rifles on the back of a jet bike is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, that's they're like Mongols. That that is pointless. <laughs> How are you going to hit anything? No, just no. But it's a really nice camo pattern, and it you can see it's, it's re- repeated on the actual uh, yeah. hull as well. So that's good. Yeah. This is nonsense, but this is good nonsense. <laughs> there is also going to be a new Avatar of Kane model coming out as well, so that'll be fun. That's I, right. I, I yeah. found the hair for the one I sent you, Ben. Oh, you did. Because yeah. <laughs> currently, it, currently mine is hairless. But <laughs> I can send you that if you want it. No, it would be currently. He's got a nice little pointy hat, so it's nice. nice. I, I just cut mine off. I just went snip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, to be fair, when I found the hair, I also found one I was converting into a howling banshee oh, for when I was going to run wow. just a full banshee army with an avatar. Cool. So yeah. she's she's got a lot of green stuff going on back there to turn her into a big mob of hair. Yeah. Uh, this is a a chat about what's in my riff yeah. Well, before we move on, um, I, I'm going to do the, uh, the the community service announcement. Mm. Okay, uh, Games Workshop's latest financial results came out. Um, all very good, all very positive, very very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, another potentially positive development: they are now uh, creating an outreach group yeah. um, within uh, within Games Workshop to reach out to support um, independent uh, creators. Um, who uh, want to promote the Warhammer hobby? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, isn't there a meme with they're up to something? Okay, look, I'm going to get. Uh, I'm going to do the canary in the mine uh, mm-hmm. thing here. 
Um, I just want to put this out now because I think if we if we if we address the elephant in the room right now, it may never happen. Okay. <laughs> if a certain large company sits down with you, as has happened with me, so I'm talking from experience here. Okay. And their junior person or whoever it will be, and it will be a junior person who will be talking to you, believe me. If they happen to turn around and tell you, so long as you say nice things about us, we will continue to work with you. I want you to understand it doesn't work like that. It's not that anybody sets out to say anything negative about anybody, but a relationship of mutual respect doesn't start like that. Mm-mm. So I'm just I'm just doing the canary down the mine that if that's if that's the tone or the words that you hear in the future in all of this, <laughs> take a moment to reflect and have a think because it doesn't work like that. That's all I gotta say. It's with a public service <laughs> announcement. Cue one of those old, you know, Before kid, you kid know. reaching for a <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Under say, the table. <laughs> kid reaching for the flying, uh, what you call those frisbee and yes. ceramic power transformers. Oh yeah, with the power transformers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, don't be the kid that reaches for the frisbee and the power transformers. <laughs> know your electrical safety and stay out of building sites. All of that and more. Yes. Uh, we're going to come back with a building site when we dive into our 3D printing segment. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick swish. All right, folks. So we are back and we're going to be diving into the world of 3D printing because everybody knows that I love 3D printing so much. <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for 3D printing things. Yeah, this week especially, Jerry. Yeah, weirdly, I found this one. <laughs> ah, none of you expected that. I certainly oh. didn't expect that. In my defense, right? No, no, you shut up. In my defense, I found this on the interwebs. And uh-huh. I went, oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, and then I, I thought that would be a great game of like Star Wars or mm-hmm. something apocalyptic over this. Uh, June-like sci-fi post-apocalyptic thing. Mm-hmm. And I went, I wonder who makes it. Uh-huh. And then I, I started looking oh, at wow. it. Oh, wow. That's I, amazing. I, and then I realized that that wasn't 28 mil. That was much, much smaller. And it turned out it was 6 mil. Oh, I really? Like, I was like, oh, holy s***. As they say in France. So good. That's very Fallout, isn't it? Yeah. Dude. Uh, well, it dude, might be. Some know. of our oldest beardiest grognards in our community are going to be in vogue yeah, well, God, yeah. based on this uh, uh, they'll hate it <laughs> it's, it's all the goodness of of the oldie pasty that's six uh, mil this is oh six my God. this was quite cute as well uh, and we'll have a look at his um my mini factory in a moment but the fact that he did a radar tower or radar dish and yeah. then somebody pointed out that you know, it was using the um, the scaffolding that you have to put on for three D printing this as, part, so as part of the structure. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> going that's genius. That apparently, is smart. Uh-huh. Apparently, you still need more scaffolding for your scaffolding. Yes, uh, you do. But 
but you two, you two can push Sean Bean into the middle of a radar. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shame, shame. So, like myself, uh, this man is lazy. This is the lazy, the lazy forger, and. Um, it's an unfortunate name. Oh, it's a, it's a <laughs> is, it, name. Is, it, is, is it based in China by any chance? He just went in there and just went, I'm just having all of this. This is uh, what I um, There is, I think, one, maybe two 28 mil sculpted bits, yeah. which, are, which are a couple of tables in case you need to, you know, have tables. Like zombie apocalypse and mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, it is mostly. <laughs> Sculpted for six mil, um, and I mean you could embiggen it to ten or fifteen mil, you know, god scale. Um, without well, that's more sizely right there, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you're not losing huge amount of detail if you're going to push that up to ten or fifteen. No, uh, oh, no. and and oh, so good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they just, are gorgeous. Just words fail me. Yeah. Uh, um, we may be lucky, maybe. He'll walk out into traffic or something because you know nobody deserves to be that talented. Yeah. <laughs> not not when I have to live my life being me, <laughs> stuck in a, uh, in a fat me shell. Oh. Uh, but you but, could totally do a Boba Fett and gang on mobility scooters chase. Yes, in that in that you know, and oh, you would have yeah. you would have the range because six mil like you like imagine like a four foot gaming table set up with six mil it'd be like it'd be like a continent but that's it, yeah, it when i looked when i looked at the initial big uh city across that ravine i thought it was a six uh six by four sort of table you know a massive yeah. and it turns out it's just like one foot square um so yeah you've definitely got the room and then you've got the likes of this the little mechs stomping around. That's the so mechs nice. Stomping around because he doesn't just do terrain, although the terrain is fairly magical. Yes. Uh, a lot of it was very good for drop zone commander. Uh, but then mm -hmm. you've also got this stuff, which for people who still play Epic, of which there are many, mm -hmm. um, obviously Epic is an old, old, very old um, GW game. And the armies in Epic are therefore quite old, which means they miss the most recent edition, which is the Tau. And this, while not Tau, could quite happily work for Tau in yeah. Oh, yeah. scale if you're planning on playing that way. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got your drones, you've got your various sort of giant mecha Gundam-y things and your weird and wacky tanks and walkers. What scale's uh, Battletech? Is that six mil? Is that six mil? Battletech is, mm, I think Battletech is Smaller than six mil. Yeah, it, you, you can okay, you can right. get infantry and stuff, but they're they're, they're tiny. Somebody's bound to correct us because uh, they always do. But you know, we don't we don't listen to you. There's no point correcting us. We don't listen to you. Titanicus is eight mil, isn't it? So you could always, yeah. which is epic, effectively. Yeah. That so that was yeah. it. When they brought Titanicus back, it was we're going to bring back essentially epic, but then we're going to do it at different scales. So you can't use your mm. old epic stuff <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> just because but you oh, know man i love those oh they're tiny it's so back to the buildings it's a thing of beauty <laughs> which which buildings would you like to see the pylons <laughs> the transmission no, are there any fantasy buildings there, there are some fantasy buildings once we get past the uh the, the sci-fi is amazing sort of but look I, this is easy i want all of that 
Mm-hmm. And I want to do either six mil Star Wars or six mil Starship Troopers. Okay. Nice. Well, I, I'm going to drag you back to your favorite place, which is the Crusades. Oh! With, with his uh, Western Kingdom stuff. So you oh, two can play baby. at six mil Crusades. My. Uh-huh. Look, trebuchets my, oh, my. and ruined... It's gorgeous. I imagine he just sculpts this in one-to-one scale and then debigulates it with some sort of shrink ray. <laughs> I, I have no idea how 3D printing works. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. It's just a process of debigulation, as you yeah, say, yeah. Jerry. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The nice thing about these, I mean, if you're looking at the very buckets oh. there, the trebuchets yeah. in the middle, they oh. have the hamster wheel for the so back. Yeah. So you've got your tiny little peasants in there walking away to wind back. I have 15 mil versions of all of this that aren't yeah. as detailed as this. Yeah, oh, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, isn't it? Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm feeling I'm feeling envious because my 15 mil stuff's not as good as this. Matlets. But I'm not going to do it again. Everybody I'm not doing it again. Matlets. No, when, mm. when, I mean, that would be madness. madness I really love death. those, the room, the fact that the room buildings mm. have individual timbers all yeah. at different angles, yeah. I think is the thing for me. I, yeah. I just, it doesn't need to be there. What it is, which I think it's is a beautiful touch, isn't it? Yeah, mm. th- things like that where it's just beams are listing. What a wonderful in collection! Yeah, yes. yeah. He also does a uh, a little army as well. Really? In fact, if we have a look at the army bundle, that's probably the best way. <laughs> you two can play your Western kingdoms in kind of army scale. Does this read tiny knights? Tiny oh, knights. Yeah. Tiny infantry. Oh, they go well with your elephants, Warren. Tiny, mm-hmm. uh, tiny. <laughs> Scottish childrens with their massive pikes. Paint, paint away some cavalry. blue, paint some red. You've got two armies ready to go to war. Yeah. So, yeah. You've got a whole Game of Thrones thing going on there. Oh, yeah. you I mean, you, you could do something like the Battle of the but not like the TV series where it was terrible. <laughs> so what's what's going to happen here? One man's going to run at an army. To be brutally honest, you deserve to die there, Jon Snow. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because he knows dead. nothing. Yeah. I'm a, I know he knows nothing, but surely you would know enough to not run at an army by yourself. You think? Well, I would. Jerry, Jerry, these are the people that put their trebuchets outside. Oh, that's true. They did put them outside the castle walls. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like I have a castle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So his there's an army because your little tiny wooden trebuchets are there to protect to protect big ass stone walls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, <laughs> an, an army on a cutting mat. I wow! Yeah. You know, we were talking about Spider Man earlier. It's, yeah. it's like that power of the sun in the palm of your hand type of thing. Well, in this case, <laughs> the power of a nation in the palm of your hand. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just absolutely that's incredible, stonking. Uh, he has his own little webular site, uh, mm-hmm. which is called thelazyforger.com. and there are a few things that we haven't seen things like the town wells, who sort of more twenty eight mil. Tudors, yeah, um, but having having access to these things oh. like your seven TP seven TV apocalypse bundle, so this is where you get your scattered terrain mm-hmm. in twenty eight mil. Um, your stone ruins. Cool. So not not all of this is across on his my mini factory. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I know all the terms. Um, but, <laughs> no, you shut up. <laughs> but it's it's great to see because things like this, the incidental pieces. Like your Jersey barriers or mm. your uh, Coke machines or mm. things these like. you put these inside some of the foreground buildings. Yeah, for mm. your like offices and your shopping yeah. malls and that kind of thing. Perfect. Right, perfect. Yeah. 
mean, even oh, I love this. I'm going to say it is the apocalypse. They're still tidier than my desk is. Yay! And they've been through an apocalypse. <laughs> I like oh, the I, I like that the says about me. I like the paper's been sculpted on the desk as well, yeah. so you yeah. don't have to like freehand anything. No, no, no. You can just be like, oh, there's some paper spread out all over there, and the different. It's a little tiny thing again, cactus. but the yeah, the tiny cactus. You've got the different drawers open at different levels, mm-hmm. as people have been rummaging through them. Oh, there's something, there's something awesome about like, tiny little chairs, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. I get it. Then. I get it. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely but love it. So mm. much to look at, so little time. But if you're into, certainly if you're into the six mil stuff, whether it's fantasy, sci-fi, modern, or push the button, oh, yeah, it's amazing. There is amazing ranges of buildings and terrain and scenery. Uh, less for the 28 mil, but there's still some really nice incidental pieces. And then obviously there's the sci-fi and the uh, fantasy slash historic army as well. I mean, the Lazy Forger has kind of got it all. Mm. Yeah. Very good choice this week, Jerry, considering as well. See, I right, we've hit that see. point. It's time mm. to look at what's happening on Kickstarter. I've been out of the loop for a long time, Ben, so I'm looking forward to this. Well, uh, I would be starting things off, mm. but I got told I've got to wait till next week. So oh. Jerry <laughs> is leading the way, uh, talking about Guardians of Fire from Magical Miniature Game, which we had a look at nice. on the site. So Yeah. So Guardians of Fire, um, mm-hmm. this is a relaunch. Uh, they brought it to Kickstarter last year, and then there was – uh, essentially a lot of feedback while it was going. It was it was coming along quite well in the funding, um, but people were looking for more miniatures and more expansions and more, more, more. Uh, and <laughs> the, the fact that um, they were being told it may come in in stretch goals apparently wasn't enough. So they relaunched it, uh, increasing the amount of stuff that's in the core set. So the core set went up to, I want to say, 51 miniatures, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot until you see the size of these miniatures. Mm. Recently did an unboxing. Uh, the standard figures are 40 mil. Um, the big demons, or Devra, because this is based on uh, Zoroastrian um, religion and mythology, are massive. They they are probably around about 70 mil tall, these fellas. Um, so they added in new sculpts for both the Shadows and the Chosen uh, to make them a bit more interesting, doubling the numbers in there. They've got the Cultist Sisters of Sin and the the big uh, Dozreki dogs? I don't know. Possibly not that. Anyway, the whole premise behind this is you play as um, the Guardians of Fire, so they are the forces of light attempting to stave off the Angra, the darkness that every 3,000 years comes out and tries to end the world, mm-hmm. um, part of the Zoroastrian mythology. And this is a different take than we normally see. Generally, when anything vaguely Eastern or Persian makes it onto a tabletop game, they're generally the villains. Uh, so it's interesting to see somebody just going, you know what, uh, actually, our religion predates yours. Uh, we get to be the good guys for once. We're, we're cool too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a narrative story. So nice. the main core set... Uh, starts off with the sort of warrior priests or monks or whatever you want to think of them as discovering a threat, a, a sort of an insidious undercurrent within their own order. Um, and then from there you go on to follow this sort of branching narrative uh, with very in-depth 
system behind it as well because you don't have to complete everything to advance to the next stage of the story and in fact you can fail to advance to the next stage of the story you know you, you can fail in your particular scenario and the darkness just keeps going just because you feel it doesn't mean they stop and wait for you to catch mm -hmm. up yeah. so as you progress there are things that maybe you missed in previous scenarios or if you didn't investigate every little thing you could have um then you won't know everything that's coming so you know there will be spoilers in the game so i quite like it it blurs the line between dungeon crawler and rpg um they're also kicking off with and this wasn't in the initial sort of run for the kickstarter mm -hmm. multiple uh, expansions so there is the holy orders um expansion which will bring in uh knights templar uh, as sort of okay. huge also companion slash they're they're trying to defeat the darkness but coming at it from another direction mm -hmm. um which is interesting there's also the assassins and persian city guards so there's a expansion that brings in um essentially werewolves uh, trying to overtake a city and you are uh Pashar, the captain of the guards and having to deal with That's the cool. <laughs> threat of werewolves just tearing up the town at night um investigating <laughs> cool. that trying to find out where it's come from who's responsible yes. and dealing with that so so an awful lot of very heavy story driven narrative in there um with a a few extra bits and pieces that they're pushing in so they're talking about doing a solo mode which will be fascinating wow the game itself is one versus many so somebody plays the darkness and gets to rock out with things like oh. Apush, the deva of drought or uh farouk nazar the mother of ghouls um and then the other people play the heroes whether they are the city guard the uh, zoroastrian monks or the templars uh, and they're up against um the the darkness so when they sort of bring this in and, and make it a solo mode that'll be fascinating as to how they do it but I, I really like it it's got some really intriguing mechanics that you don't often see even down to see these big cards here behind them mm -hmm. when you summon in uh demons you've got a, a play board for the darkness in fact, right. you might be able to see it if i scroll far enough yay there we go <laughs> so the, the darkness tracker here you've got three <clears throat> spots at the bottom yeah right. middle spot is empty Left spot is draw a darkness card, and the right spot is move the darkness counter forward. If it ever reaches 15, then darkness wins that scenario and gets more XP for the next one. Oh, that's um, interesting. But whenever you summon um, minions, cultists, demons, whatever it happens to be, you have to choose one of those three places to put it. So the middle one oh. is free. But then when you go to summon your second batch in, you either have to stop moving the darkness counter mm -hmm. forward every turn cool. or stop That's drawing a card every turn. Mm -hmm. So you, have, you can choose. You can go, oh, I'm not going to worry about cards because occasionally I might get some from what the heroes are doing. But yeah, yeah the, the the mechanics behind it is is fascinating. And the um, as you may have noticed, the figures as we go past are absolutely stunning. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So much so that I actually painted up the set that they sent us out for the... Um, let's the, play the, the let's oh, play awesome. because they because they were gorgeous uh haven't seen any things like the werewolves yet although i did have a look at uh the guard captain uh parsa i was close very mm -hmm. close and the i mean the detailing on him is absolutely gorgeous uh the city guards all have like a lamassu on their shield as well so again uh, laying into the persian zoroastrian yeah. um mythology it's based on a comic book as well isn't it or a graphic yeah novel? um yeah. 
I was going to reach out because I think I've got a copy of the first one here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, but weirdly, the comic itself is, while it's based on the principle of the comic, it's not based on the comic. So the comic oh, okay, is set right. modern day. Uh -huh. uh, if people aren't aware, Zoroastrian is not a religion that proselytizes. So you have to be born Zoroastrian. So even though it's the oldest religion, it's been in decline because as people either become atheists, don't have kids or, or move away from it, then they're they lose generations and they can't bring new people yeah. in. So the modern guardians haven't been brought up in the tradition that this thing will happen every 3,000 years and all of a sudden they're thrust into the, oh. the, the you know, a push and, and the devil are coming yeah, back. Yeah. The yeah. world's going to go to hell in the handbasket and the current people aren't, you know, there's like a handful of them left who are actually capable of pushing back the darkness. But every now and again, it will flick back to you know the the three thousand year previous guardians so you get little sort of time jumps of what was happening with them um yeah. so yeah so it's not a direct here is here is the comic books um extension books quite, as it were yeah the comic books are i think part of the kickstarter as well so you can get a copy of nice. those but it's interesting i really like what um what mm's doing with them as well that's so gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. concept. Uh, never mind the execution of it. Yeah. Wow. So. It's quite the chunky campaign as well. They definitely did mm. come back with more. Yeah, they're um I think they were saying 150 hours of wow. gameplay in it. Um which is but, substantial. Yeah. Uh, the, other yeah. thing, the other thing as well is obviously and you mentioned this when you're talking about the campaign in general, is that the idea that it's approaching things from an entirely different mythology. Yeah. That you probably wouldn't know about like we've obviously had a lot of people doing things around Norse mythology. So much Norse at the yeah. moment. Egyptian standard classical Roman, Christian, yeah. you know, sort of angels and devils and that kind of thing. We've even seen a lot of people doing stuff about Japanese and Chinese demons yeah. and, and and devils and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's but I think this a, middle this this sort of Middle Eastern mythology yeah. is something that I think a lot more people nice. should be open to, especially because it allows you then to paint more interesting models. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at those ones you got in there. If, you, if you're someone who loves painting their board games or something, that is perfect because it's an entirely different set of characters that you've probably never seen before. If, if you want to have a, look, have a look at my unboxing, because like I say, I, I painted a lot. And, mm. you know, they're not great paint jobs because it was quick. <laughs> but what I will say is there's plenty of detail but on these models. Well. So... <laughs> you can get away with um, washes or inks or contrasts or that sort of thing to really mm. sort of lay into them quickly. There's a ton of ton of detail, wealth of detail on them. Uh, and it means for once you're not seeing evil dwarves as the only Persians <laughs> out there, which yeah. is kind of, you know, if you're looking for a Lamassu, chances are it's got a stunty bloke on top of it with a massive hat. Mm. Uh, so it's nice to see somebody, like I say, taking a different look uh, at dungeon crawlers and then taking a whole other mythology and running with it. Um, if you're interested, and running with it sensitively too. Yeah, yeah. Like there's depth to the research there. That's not just that's not just a superficial no. um, implementation of a Persian culture. There, you know that that uh, there has there is knowledge behind all of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. definitely. It's oh. it's. I think it's one of those things where it's the person running it. So Imam's obviously uh, from that neck of the woods himself. I don't know if he, if he is Zoroastrian or not, but it was a, an opportunity for him to present the Persian culture in a way that we don't normally notice or see. In yeah. And not just the immortals that are, you know, devilish creatures from 300 or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. 
But well, if you're interested, there's 13 days on that uh, one, Jerry. 13 days left and about two thirds funded. So I imagine, I imagine they'll fund. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're releasing sort of new sculpts and new bits and pieces every day so people can keep an eye on what's coming up. Well, um, but a lot, a lot to dive in there. I have a Kickstarter for you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what we got, Warren? So me and my brother love terrain. Okay. Right. Well, we've 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 loved making terrain oh, since the early days, right? Yeah. And there's a terrain system. Now let me see if I can make this work. I should be able to press a button and you should be able to see Justin's big bald head. There. Hey. Correct. <laughs> right. So the 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 Kickstarter I'm going to talk about is the third cycle of Rampart. Okay. So what you see here is a big old uh, uh, gaming uh, table that we built. Um, look, there's me and Jerry, and I'm holding <laughs> me. Look, and I'm ad- I'm admire. I'm looking up and I'm going, Jerry. Goodness me, look how big <laughs> that is. It's enormous. I'm desperately trying to suck. My <laughs> <laughs> Not working. I know. <laughs> and then uh, and then here's a picture of Lloyd. Do you see how it's all coming together and all getting nicely painted and everything? <sighs> Right, so this is this is hard plastic right. um, terrain. Okay, um, the Kickstarter itself, Jerry can uh, bring it up. There we go. Um, so this is the third edition, and it adds two things to this rampart terrain um, uh, that I'm I'm a massive fan of. One is it's adding this new uh, ruined city set. So this is your kind of nice. post-apocalyptic set. All these minis are in it, by the way, as well. The tank and the cavalry and stuff, they're, they're all in it too. But the second thing that it does for me as a terrain builder mm-hmm. is they have reinvented the flooring system. So they've redesigned the flooring system that it actually, you know, get a sprue of floors. Nice. That's interesting. So, and it works really well. It really does work. Whenever we built the, the big, uh, the big table jobby, (laughs) the original flooring system that came in, that came uh, with it was more gangway than it was floors yeah. and we couldn't, we couldn't actually utilize it. So we ended up building um, our own floors uh, by cutting out card and putting a texture on it and then putting that between the, between the, the building floors kind of yeah. thing. Okay. Well, they actually took that and um, uh, took inspiration from us doing that and then re redesigned and re-engineered their own system to work in the same way, but it now has plastic floors and there's your tops, and on the undersides, you even have kind of like um, pipe work and stuff like that. Wow, oh, that's but, awesome! All right, which is which is really cool. It's it's a great system. Now, in this Kickstarter, the, as well as that new um, city ruins for the post-apocalyptic, <laughs> you can hop. Uh, you can also avail of the previous three ranges. So post-apocalyptic is number four, okay? Mm-hmm. There's Cobalt, which is that one that you're just seeing on the screen at the moment. It's a kind of a very industrial, um, it's very 40K, very industrial 40K. There's Tribal, which is basically an Aztec kind of, kind of thing. Really, really cool, really cool. And then you have Gothic. And the Gothic one is, as you see, if you're looking at me, um, again, it is there. That's Lloyd standing in front of the Gothic. Now, 
I just want to put this out there. Next week, I'm hoping to sit down with Michael from Archon Studio mm-hmm. um, to do a deep dive into this terrain so as to go through you know it's it's history where it's where it's been where it's at uh and so on um and i was fortunate enough that they sent me some samples to have a play with yeah. okay so previously we, i've done the big things with mm-hmm. this and this time i was just curious um uh, because we've all been stuck at home and stuff like that so storage and containment of the beast is, is really been big on my mind. <laughs> so I, I, I said to him, look, I'm, I want to do something very small and very different this time. Uh, I want to set limitations. So I got six of this sprue mm-hmm. and three of the four of the floor sprues. Okay. I said, that's it. Just that, that amount, not too much, just a, just a, a, what would be less than a pack, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I, I I sat with that and copious amounts of cups of tea and perhaps one or two beers. <laughs> and I sat and I worked out what could I do with it. And this is a love tribute to all of the infinity dudes out there, especially my buddy, Carlos Bostria. Okay. Because Carlos Bostria came up with an idea that has circulated throughout the infinity world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of the, the nesting stacking terrain. nesting stacking terrain. Hmm. <laughs> so what it is like nesting dolls free. So it's like a big building, right? And a middle-sized building and a small building, and you can basically stack them up on top of each other, or you can lay them out. But when you're not using them, one fits inside the next. So I thought to myself, "Oh hell yeah!" But surely six sprues and what uh, wouldn't be enough to do that. Mm-hmm. It only bloody was. That's great. So I set off and I did it. So this is my lower building. And um, that middle wall. So all of this stuff you can plug in and out. Okay. I like to work in sub assemblies. So I don't like keeping it too modular. I prefer to have sub assemblies that I can quickly throw out a table. But it did keep that middle wall separate. Okay. So I could plug it mm-hmm. in and out the one that's on the inside. Because you can use magnets as well for this. You can it, use it, magnets, yeah. Um, uh, so it's, you either use magnets or the little plastic pegs that are in it. Now, bear in mind, this isn't finished, and it's just using a prototype kit, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I put together the first floor, okay? Now, you'll see the little four-dot things on top of the pillars. Yes. Okay? I glued them to the top of the pillars rather than to the edge of the floor. So if I wanted to, I could actually just flip that floor over and have it as a, almost like a concrete pad on the ground yeah. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. They make more sense in my book being glued to the top of the pillars than they do to the floors. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then pop. That's, that's it on. That's, that's, building, nice. that's building number one. Okay. Then did building number two. Okay. And the beauty of that one was... That floor piece, that just that one floor piece was all I needed for building number two. It was big enough uh, uh, as it was. So after building number two, I popped the floor on, did building number three. Mm-hmm. And then I started to I started to experiment with the, with the layouts of it. So that you can do your three stack thing there. You could just put some ladders or whatever in. Mm-hmm. There's other bits coming to dress up the edges and stuff like that, but they're just not manufactured yet. Okay. But I also had leftover pieces and I had enough leftover pieces to do um, overhang or 
I did it as a kind of like a bridge. And I still had more, as you can see in the background there. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, when I used almost everything, but I didn't use everything, almost everything uh, gave me um, like a fairly substantial building. A fairly, yeah. a fairly yeah. big slap of a building yeah, yeah. for just, and the beauty of it is when I was finished with it, Jerry, mm-hmm. it all fit inside <gasps> the big building. It all nested inside the big building. So I was able to just take it apart, nest inside the big building. And then I, I, I only had something of that size nice. to pack away. What, oh. size, did it, hmm, what size are the squares? If, if by, can you show us the roof again? The roof? Yeah. Because that's probably the easiest one to, if you go, yeah. So what size is that sort of square roof, roughly? About that size. Right. So, so is that what the size of a head? Is that like three, three inches then? One's well, face to scale. Jerry, I measure my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, of course, now you get me. Look, you're of all the curious lying around my table. The one thing that's not here. It, it may, it may well be on the Kickstarter. I'll scroll on the Kickstarter actually, if you don't know. Oh, there you go. He's found it now, Jerry. There's a pen- went in. There's a pencil. Okay. Okay. I would say, Jerry, it's about. I mean, that must be about six. That must be about six inches then, because a pencil's around six inches. Yeah, it's about five. About five inches. Five six inches. Yeah. Nice. You get a five inch square. Yeah. Then you get a a five by say two and a bit. Two and a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get a two and a bit by a two and a bit, and a two and a bit by a two and a bit. Mm. Okay. No, and I'm then just thinking dead zone. Because it's all on three inch squares, so if that's that can't be far off that. Oh, it's not far off that. And the fact that it's squarely modular means you could yes. quite happily just and you don't need to fit within it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I prefer this because yeah. it's sturdier. Mm. This stuff when you work with it, um, it's sturdier. It's less gappy. Yeah, you know a lot, of, a lot of the other train kits and stuff out there. Uh-huh. You know, you I put them together. Measurement, sorry. They leave gaps and stuff. Have you found the measurements? Have you? Well, I found the measurements for one part, which is uh, sixty-two mil tall walls. Uh huh. So, so about so two you do a quick. Back, so about two and a half inches then for the height. Yes. In yeah, because the, the yeah, wall, so we're not, yeah, we're the floors are just there. slightly smaller than the walls. Yeah, just slightly. Bunch of men estimating length. What have we come to? Eh? So, so it's about it's about that big. So, ten, twelve inches. <laughs> you tell me. But um, no, it, look, uh, it, you know, it's another really lovely execution um, of of this terrain. The minis and all are great, uh, you know, but it, it's look, they're about I'm, as static as an elf sniper. Yes, you know, it's like I. I I'm becoming almost miniature blind these yeah. days, you know. It, it, so the the innovation for me is in is the terrain. Is yeah. the terrain, you know. It's like I love seeing what those guys uh, can do with coming up with how you can uh, construct um, uh, terrain. And it's um, and again, you know, I will admit that post apocalyptic isn't particularly my thing either, outside of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But then I started to think. Well, hang on a second. What are you thinking, Warren? You're, you're you're being silly here, because Star Wars is basically post-apocalyptic in the desert. Well, it depends where you are. It's post-apocalyptic yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Stargrave could equally be the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there was yeah. uh, suddenly whenever I started to think about it, I thought to myself, yeah, you know, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's not just 40k. I'm yeah. As yeah. I said, it, I'm, I'm not. 
vibing for that at the moment. But for something like Rangers of Shadow Deep in space, yeah. I could totally, I could totally go down this route. I think, I think this would work, work exceptionally well. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on, like you say, for things like Rangers, Stargrave, Star Wars, where it doesn't matter what world you're on. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you know anything will fit because you could just be on a industrialized world or on a uh, Jerry. I very, want the Aztec stuff. The Aztec. Is I the never one. got the Aztec stuff. If I could get that Aztec stuff and some of that cobalt, mm. imagine the Star Wars planet you could do. Oh, oh if you wow. scroll down a wee bit, I mean, you see that that away. small render image there. If you go keep going down, there's a bigger version of that, right? Yeah. Uh, this is this there. Stop. This is worth pointing out, right? Because this is where this kit's headed. You, do you notice around the edges they have a trim now, so as uh, so as you oh, don't see, yeah. yeah, it hides all the wee holes and stuff. But they're also introducing bridges, mm. so bridges are now becoming a dedicated thing, and the ladders and the stairs and steps and stuff, yeah. and vehicle ramps as well. Oh, so. It really ties it together. Just, it, at just yeah. with yours, just adding a little bridge in there when you was doing it across, mm-hmm. it just completely ties it together. And I, expect, I mean, hard for that as well. Hard plastic is usually quite expensive in terms of terrain. That's quite reasonable. This, this isn't too bad. Yeah, this is this is yeah. this is reasonable. And the great thing about this free is, it, you know, you could you could pick this up as a little side hobby. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? You you buy a bit. It's always there. It's always in circulation. My problem with, it, for example, the Cities of Death stuff is it would come out with a great big box of Cities of Death, mm-hmm. but then then after about a week, it's no longer available. And you, you can't really keep adding to it um, as a continuous little build out of your, yeah. uh, of your world. Whereas with the likes of this, you just get stuck in, pick up a box, then go back, get another box, nice. get another one. And you're just constantly building it out. And I want to do that to the Aztec stuff. I want a mix of the Aztec mm-hmm. and the Cobalt um, specifically to do a kind of like a hidden rebel base uh, kind of a thing. I, I think that, that would be never set your rebel base up inside a Sith tomb. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's eleven days left on that. Rebel um, comfy. Yeah. So uh, they've had a they've had a load of kickstarters. Uh, now that they've delivered their dungeon stuff is amazing. If you haven't seen it in the dungeons and lasers, their dragons so, are out in the wild now. But their dragons are out in the wild. Like they are on fire. They are absolutely on fire. Um, all uh, all guns blazing. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to sitting down with Michael next week and and having a deep dive uh, on this stuff. And that is me. And relax. If you fancy relaxing some more, come and join us on Sunday morning where we do all the relaxing all the time with the XLBS. Uh, If you're not a member of the Cult of Games, then you can get a 30-day trial and join us to see what we're talking about, which this week may or may not be whatever Warren was talking about earlier, if he can remember. And if not, it will be something. I'll take a note of that somewhere. Equal or greater value. Uh, Otherwise, we will see you back here next Friday. and. Obviously, pencil in Saturday the 22nd for Rourke's Drift. Be there or be a rectangular thing. Mm. Until then, bye-bye. Have an amazing week, dudes. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. 
Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.